And this is especially important for us in, in our Western American culture, where frankly, we tend to just think about everything like it's about us. And we don't realize the gospel is about Jesus. And the gospel is about his people. You are listening to the Hope Valley Podcast, a weekly production of Hope Valley Church in Winchester, Virginia, with your host, Pastor Sam Rogers. Well, hello, and welcome to Sunday Morning with Hope Valley Church. I'm Pastor Sam. I'm the lead pastor here at Hope Valley. And uh, today we are continuing in our study through Luke chapter 1. We've we've paused our study through uh, the book of Acts that we've been going on through uh, the whole year, um, and we're pausing that study during the Christmas season, and we're spending time in Luke chapter 1 to understand from the example of Zechariah and Mary and some others how to receive the promises of God, and really thinking through maybe some of the things that hold us back from receiving the promises of God. Because at Christmas time, what we're really celebrating is the incarnation, right? Uh, Jesus becoming human, God with us. And we're thinking about the promises that are embedded in the very idea and the reality and the institution of the incarnation. And so um, as we're thinking about that, um, each week I also just want to share with you a quote from different uh, church fathers and historians and, and theologians and all these guys who, who help us think more deeply about maybe some of the things that we haven't thought about in the incarnation and what the scripture is teaching us about them. Uh, and uh, today's quote comes from Sinclair uh, Buchanan Ferguson. This guy's actually, uh, as far as I know, still alive. He's born in 1948. He's a Scottish uh, theologian. And this is what he says about the Incarnation. He says, Through union with Christ, all that is his by Incarnation becomes ours through faith. Such an interesting quote and something to think about, right? And again, it kind of helps us unpack more of what's embedded in Christ's incarnation and the promises of God available to us because of it. All right. Uh, so, so far in Luke chapter 1, uh, we have seen two different responses uh, to God's incredible promises, right? First, we saw Zechariah, and uh, his issue was that he doubted his own capacity to receive God's promise. And then, in the last lesson, we saw Mary, who received God's promises despite her capacity. And so uh, now we're going to consider Mary's words. The, uh, after uh, where we left off uh, last week in verse 45, and she goes to visit her cousin Elizabeth, who is Zechariah's wife, um, we see uh, Mary uh, sing this song. It's a psalm uh, recorded here in Luke chapter 1, uh, verse 46 through 56. Uh, and it's classically known as the Magnificat. And uh, it's an incredible poem, song, about the work of God and his faithfulness to his promises. And so today what we're, what we're really considering is how do we go about receiving God's promises? What does it look like to receive God's promises? And we're going to be looking at Mary's song here in order to help us learn those things. Uh, so uh, again, the question I have for you as we read through this passage, uh, this is a question I just really encourage you to have in your mind as we go, is what does it look like? to receive God's promise, okay? What does it look like to receive God's promise? Have that question in your mind, and uh, we're gonna pick up here in Luke chapter one, verse 46. And Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, 
because he has looked with favor on the humble condition of his servant. Surely from now on all generations will call me blessed, because the Mighty One has done great things for me, and his name is holy. His mercy is from generation to generation on those who fear him, and he has done a mighty deed with his arm. He has scattered the proud because of the thoughts of their hearts. He has toppled the mighty from their thrones and exalted the lowly, and he has satisfied the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering his mercy to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he spoke to our ancestors. And Mary stayed with her about three months, and then she returned to her home. All right, so now we're going to go back through this passage. We're going to examine it and really kind of break down this song that Mary Mary says and that Luke has recorded here. We're going to break it down. We're going to think about it more deeply. uh, And then I got some questions that will help you dig into it a little bit more and apply it in your own life. Uh, So the first point I want to look at here is the fact that Mary sets really an example of how to receive God's promises. And so we're going to break down uh, really these four ways that she does that. Okay, uh, or these four steps. It's actually more what it's like. Uh, so Mary, again, she sets an example for how to receive God's promises. Uh, first, in verse 48, we see that she appreciates, right? She appreciates the weight and the glory of the promise. That's really step one, right? In order to receive it, she's appreciating and really trying to comprehend the weight and the glory of it, right? She says in verse 48, he's looked with favor on the humble condition of a servant from now all, from now, from, from this point on all generations, right, would call her blessed. And so by God's own choice and favor, her status and her circumstance were significantly and permanently changed, right? So she, again, first step, she appreciates the weight and the glory of God's promises, right? Uh, second, she sees God in the promise. Right? She sees him in the promise. Uh, we saw this in verse 49 and 50. The mighty one's done great things for me, and his name is holy, and his mercy is from generation to generation. Right? She understands what the promise reveals about God, who he is and what he's like. Right? She talks about his mercy, his power, his holiness. Right? She sees his power. She sees his faithfulness. She sees his uniqueness. That's another way to think about God's holiness, right? Is how he's so unlike anyone else. Um, And she sees his mercy, right? So she appreciates the weight and the glory of the promise. She sees God in the promise. Uh, And then thirdly, she speaks about the promise as if it is already fulfilled. That's really interesting, right? Verse 51 to 53, she says, you know, he's done a mighty deed with his arm. He's scattered the proud because of the thoughts of the heart. He's toppled the mighty from their thrones, and he's exalted the lowly, and he's satisfied the hungry with good things, but he sent the rich away empty. And if you uh, look back through the prophecies of the Old Testament and the Hebrew Scriptures about what the Messiah would do, that's what she's referencing, right? So she's listing things that would be and that were going to be the result of Jesus' life as if those things had already happened while Jesus was still 
in her womb, right? We want to think about that, right? She is so certain of the promises of God that she's speaking about them as if they have already taken place. And then the fourth thing we see Mary do in this song is that she sees the bigger picture of God's promise. It's not just about her, right? It's not just about her. Verse 54, he has helped his servant Israel, remembering his mercy. And she's she's talking about her entire nation, her whole people group, and not just the ones presently alive in her day, but historically the entire nation of Israel and the promises that God has made to them, right? He says he's helped his servant Israel and, and, and remembered his mercy to them. Uh, to Abraham and to his descendants forever, just as he had spoke to our ancestors. And so this is really key, right? Because she sees this bigger picture of God's promise. God isn't just starting to work in her. He has actually been at work for generations, you know, uh, leading up to her, right? So for countless generations, going back to Abraham, He's been at work. He's been making promises. And Mary is now part of that story, right? The promises that she is receiving is connecting her to the whole people of God and the larger scope of God's work throughout history. That's also something we want to think about, right? Because those last two are are really big and and quite quite important for us to contemplate, right? Uh, That she's speaking about God's promises like they've already happened. That's how certain she is. Of them, but she sees how God's promises are actually making a bigger story than just the story of her life. It's actually connecting her into the larger people of God and the grander work that God is working throughout time according to His will and promises. And that's man. There's just, there's so much that Mary is doing that I think we often fail to do, and it's one of the reasons why we're not receiving the promises of God. In our life. So uh, this is a shorter lesson today because we're just looking at the song. I really want you to spend some time thinking about these things, but let me just take a moment and talk about the implications of all this for us at Christmas, right? Uh, Because we have promises to receive as well. This is what we've been talking about all season long, about the promises that are embedded in the incarnation, right? The promises that we have in Christ by the very nature of who he is and what he has done, right? God become man, God with us, God like us, right? The book of Hebrews talks about the fact that Jesus shared in our flesh and our bone in order to become a merciful high priest who understands and who relates and who can conquer death in the same bodies that we live in, he defeated death. And now death has no rule over him. And therefore, that is what we also look forward to as a promise in Christ. Again, there's just there's so many promises that we uh, have and that we can receive in Christ. And uh, so we want to think about Mary's example today and think about how we can apply those and follow those examples in our own life, right? We want to appreciate Let me just give you some encouragements today about this, right? Let's appreciate the weight of what we have received in the incarnation of Jesus. Just like we saw Mary really slow down to appreciate the weight and the glory of the promise, we also need to slow down to appreciate the weight and the glory of the the promises that we have in Jesus as, as man and God, right? 
Uh, let's allow the incarnation to reveal God's heart to us, right? What does it teach us about God's nature and his character and his heart that he would, he would as again, as Charles Spurgeon said, right, that he would infinitely condescend down to us in order to exalt us up into union with his own glory, right? What does that tell us about him? How can we learn more about God's nature and character and his will and his heart uh, through his promises, right? Let's speak with confidence. This is another way that we can apply what we see Mary doing. Let's speak with confidence about the things that he has promised. Healing, protection, justice, so many other things, right? Uh, we're not talking about the promises of God like there's something that maybe will happen and, and hopefully that will happen and we'll look. No, we say if God has promised it, it will come to pass. And I'm so confident that of that that I'm talking about it like it's already happened. right? And then uh, fourthly, again, according to Mary's example, let's see how our story is part of the larger story of God's people. And this is especially important. I'm just going to say it. It's especially important for us in, the, in our Western American culture, where frankly, we tend to just think about everything like it's about us and how it affects us and how God's going to make my life better and how God's going to bless me and give me you know, the money that I need and give me the job that I want and give me the vacations that I want. You know, all these other things, right? But it's all we make the gospel about us. And we don't realize the gospel is about Jesus. And the gospel is about his people. And we are part of that people. And we share in the blessings and, and the benefits of the gospel in as much as we share in the community of God's people, right? And so we need to think about the way that God's uh, promises connect us into a larger story, right? The story of God's people, the story of the community of believers, the community of the followers of Christ, right? Because um, as tempting as it can be and as short-term satisfying as it may be to just pre be preoccupied with our own happiness and our own story and our own life, it, it comes nowhere close to the joy of realizing that my story is part of a much larger, much more grand and beautiful and timeless story and the central character of that story is Jesus. And I am part of it. And I'm welcomed into that family and that community. right? So we want to see Mary saw how the promises that she was receiving connected her to the larger people of God and the larger promises of God throughout the generations. And we have that same opportunity. And especially at Christmas, when we're celebrating a whole festive season that's really built around the idea of the Incarnation, we have this opportunity to slow down and think about these things. So um, here's uh, some questions that I really encourage you uh, to dig into uh, as we look to apply some of the things that we're reading here in Luke chapter 1. All right? um, first question I have for you that will help you think through this some more is, uh, what part of Mary's song most inspired and encouraged you? Okay, think about that question, right? Like where is the... Uh, what, what's grabbing your attention? What's drawing your heart, right? Because oftentimes God may be speaking through that, okay? Uh, so think about what, what, are, what are the parts of her song that most inspired you and encouraged you, okay? Uh, get your gears going on that. Uh, what part of Mary's attitude do you most want to emulate, right? When you see Mary's approach to the promises of God, 
what part of her approach and her attitude to God's promises do you look at and go, I want to do that too. I want to be like Mary in that way. That's awesome. That's incredible. I want to I, I emulate that. What, what are those parts of her attitude that you'd love to emulate? Um, and then how does the way that we talk about God's promises affect the way that we receive them? Right? Let's think about that because so much of the way that we approach things is the way that we talk about them. So look at the way that Mary talked about the promises of God. And how do we talk about the promises of God? And how does that affect the way that we receive those promises? Okay? Let's think about that. Uh, let me give you a couple of things to pray about and then a longer uh, devotional question for you to dwell on this week. Uh, so I really encourage you, first in your prayer time today, uh, and really maybe when the, once this lesson is over, uh, spend some time in prayer. First, thank, just thank the Lord for the incarnation of Christ. As you're beginning to think more deeply and richly about the promises that are embedded in the incarnation, thank the Lord for that. Thank the Lord for those promises uh, in the same way that we saw Mary do. And then in your prayer time, ask for a greater revelation of what it means to receive Jesus as God with us. Again, that's something we're trying to think more deeply about this whole uh, Christmas season, right? Um, that we would, we would have a greater revelation of what it means that Jesus is God with us, okay? Uh, and then here's the devotional question I have for you this week. And as a reminder, uh, I write a devotional around these questions every Wednesday. Uh, and that you can find that at our website, hopevalley.church slash devo. Uh, and uh, we have a Wednesday devotional built around uh, the questions that we ask here on Sunday morning. And so uh, here's, here's this week's devotional question. And it's, uh, it says, sometimes we fail to grasp the promises of God because we are too focused on the small window of our present circumstances. And so in what ways might you need to step back? in order to receive God's promises, all right? Think about that, right? Uh, sometimes, uh, you, know, we, uh, you know, as the old saying goes, right? You can't see the forest because you're too close to the tree. And sometimes it can be that way with God's promises, right? We're so focused on just the immediate realities of our life and the immediate circumstances uh, that we totally miss the larger picture of God's promises. And so how can we step back from things for a moment to understand and receive God's promises in our lives? Uh, Think about that this week. Pray about that question uh, this week. And uh, I hope this time has been uh, a blessing for you. I hope it's been really helpful and uh, helping you think through the incarnation at the time of Christmas. And I uh, hope that you'll join us uh, for the last lesson in this series that will come out uh, just leading up to uh, uh, New Year's Eve as we close out Luke chapter 1. And then in January 2024, we're going to head back into uh, the book of Acts and pick up uh, in verse uh, chapter 13, I believe, off the top of my head. I could be wrong about that, but stay tuned. Uh, in the meantime, uh, I just pray that this has been a blessing to you and that you would be blessed by God today and all the riches uh, that come to us in the incarnation of Christ in this Christmas season. And I look forward to being with you again. Okay, bye. We are so glad you've joined us today. To learn more about Hope Valley Church and get access to free resources, just go to www.hopevalley.church. Hope Valley is a church based in Winchester, Virginia that meets in homes around the region. So if you'd like to find out more about home churches, how they work, and how to locate one near you, just go to hopevalley.church house. Thanks again for joining us and may God bless you today.